You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Bakani at Bilal V87 on Twitter with your SummerSlam review. And we're not going to start with the main event. We're going to start with the debut of Bray Wyatt as he crushed Finn Balor. Finn Balor did mount some offense. But the story here is the entrance of Wyatt. We got a lot of what we saw with the Firefly Funhouse. But also a lot of the old Wyatt that we knew and loved from the Wyatt family, including a remixed version of his old song. The Fireflies from the fans were still a big part of this. But a lot of new wrinkles very nicely uh, echoed. And Bray looked so good in this match, and the fans were totally behind him. There's no question in my mind, he needs to go straight to the top and go for a title. Yes, maybe he needs to crush a couple of guys before he gets there. But if you told me that Bray Wyatt's next match was for the WWE or WWE Universal title, I would be fine with that. He was spectacular. Finn put up some good fight, as I said, and then, you know, sold the beatdown pretty well. And if he is going to be away for six months to a year, as we've said, and he can come back as the demon at some point and challenge Wyatt, I think that'd be very good. Uh, I'd even forgotten that Balor had lost the IC title, so it is probably time for him to go away and pull a, a similar comeback to what we saw with Wyatt here. The next biggest thing was the WWE Universal Championship match. And despite being beaten down by Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins eventually, what was a pretty epic match, all things considered, got the win. He frog splash, splashed Lesnar through a table on the outside in the ring again and uh, delivered uh, eventually with the curve stomp and a pin. Uh, really spectacular match by both guys. Obviously, their rivalry really came through here. The crowd was into it. I, I struggle a bit with this because um, last time Seth used a low blow, it was never addressed. Lesnar never said he was wearing a cup. Paul Heyman never addressed it. So that was all just forgotten, and it's almost as if these characters have no memory, and we just did this again. And why Brock even needed to cash in successfully only to lose to Rollins like a month later. I don't know. Um, but it, it ended well enough. And certainly to have a new Universal Champion in light of what happened with the WWE title was refreshing. Let's get to that. Kofi Kingston defending against Randy Orton. And this one felt way too long. And it ended in a disqualification or a countout. And then Kofi got the kendo stick and attacked Orton and... After beating a challenger who he didn't even properly defend the title against, he hugged his family. Great example for the kids there, Kofi. You're such a great hero. Um, this was just bad. You know, this should have been a straightforward, tight 10-minute match where Randy or Kofi got a clean win. And then let's see what's next for Kofi or Randy. There's so many possibilities for Kingston as a champion, whether it's the New Day turning on him or having a fair competition for the titles because we've seen them with the tag titles enough i want to see biggie or xavier in a main event picture i'd love that or having somebody else face kofi whether it's wyatt or roman reigns what you know what have you brian daniel bryan again there's so much for him to do and yet this long agonizing feud with orton where the narrative of randy orton thinking kofi is stupid and screwing him out of an opportunity hasn't even really changed in all those years to stretch out an already long-running rivalry without a decisive finish was really painful. And this was one of the worst WWE title matches I've ever seen. And it's not easy for me to say that. The event actually kicked off with the Raw Women's Championship as Natalia faced Becky Lynch. 
From the start, I thought Natalia had no chance short of Ronda Rousey coming out to interfere or Sasha Banks. That did not happen. Becky Lynch eventually got the win. Obviously, Natalia's a great worker. The crowd was great here. So it worked. Um, but in the overall canon of WWE, this doesn't make Natalia a legit contender. It just makes her a veteran who was pushed up the ranks for a title match in her home country. You know, not really a lot to say here. It was a good match, but there's no lasting effects. And Becky Lynch will be on to the next one quite soon, which I hope is Shayna Baszler or Sasha Banks. Or maybe Sasha will go to the SmackDown women's title picture as Bayley did defend against Ember Moon. Ember is spectacular in the ring. There's no doubt about that. But it just feels like as a character, what did we see before this rivalry with Bayley? We saw her being bullied by Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville playing Nintendo Switch. And then her Bayley rivalry was like, oh, I'd like a title shot, please. We'll try to one-up each other. There wasn't enough build, so I don't know if the crowd really fully gets Ember, the casual viewer. Whereas Bailey's been around forever. Again, you can't change time, but maybe Ember needed more, a feud, like a solitary single feud, to build her up before we pushed her up to the title picture. And of course, this is where the gap of not having Rousey, not having Sasha Banks, not having a Shayna Baszler called up, or not having a Tessa Blanchard on the roster, one of the best female wrestlers in the world, really shows. Because Natalia and Ember Moon are not top-end contenders in the world of wrestling. They are in this instance, but this felt like a B-level, two B-level women's title matches in what should have been a top-four pay-per-view. In what was a really good match, uh, Ricochet faced AJ Styles. Of course Ricochet lost, he made no friends. How Ricochet a face did not go out there and say, oh, I'm facing the WWE United States Champion and the Tag Team Champions are going to be in his corner. Maybe I should find a couple guys like Hawkins and Ryder, who were in Toronto, and have them help me out. Of course, the numbers game cost Ricochet and he lost. Great match. This was fantastic. Now, due to a ticketing snafu, I missed the Cruiserweight Championship. And I might as well have because they didn't play highlights of it during SummerSlam. And from what I hear, Drew Gulak won... I'm still not fully sold on Oni Lorcan in this division, so I'm going to leave it at that. We also had Shane McMahon taking on Kevin Owens. Of course, Kevin Owens won. Oddly enough, Elias was the uh, enforcer here, not Drew McIntyre. Owens was way over at the Canadian crowd. Shane didn't really do anything too crazy, and this also stretched on way too long. This really should have been a squash match with a couple of spots with Elias... Why it went so long, I have no idea. We also had Dolph Ziggler versus Goldberg. This was pretty pretty cut and dry. And uh, the bit with Goldberg coming back to crush Ziggler was good. I'm happy with this. This is pretty good. And of course, we had Trish Stratus in her last match against Charlotte Flair. Obviously, Trish could not win this match. So, Charlotte won. But this was epic. It was close. The fans loved it. Trish had a great send-off after. It was great. Uh, quickly, we saw the, I saw the highlights from the pre-show, which I was late for, where we found out that Rowan attacked Buddy Murphy for squealing on him. Roman Reigns apparently was just not here. Didn't do anything. Daniel Bryan just watched backstage defenseless uh, why he didn't help Rowan or I don't know. It's a weird... I don't know. We'll get more on this. Uh, this is obviously a weird feud. And Samoa Joe also not on the card. Oddly enough, we did get a tag team match after all in the pre-show. 
as the Iconics got a rematch randomly against uh, Alexa and Nikki. This was quite good. I thought there was going to be a tag title match on Raw. I guess not. Or maybe there will be anyways. Who knows? Um, quite good. But overall, I, I am left thinking the NXT show was better. This ended at 10.30. This was not a, a, a supremely long show. But even to go from 7 p.m. to 10.30, you know, three and a half hours where, man, you could have cut 30 minutes out of Seth, Kofi, the Seth Brock match, the Randy Kofi match. You could have kept time out of Shane and Kevin Owens with time to spare. This very easily could have been three hours and it would have felt more like the TakeOver show, which felt perfect for time. Perfect. This did not feel perfect. This was the highs of Wyatt are big. I give you that. But ultimately... I'm left disappointed with this show. was not a great show. Wyatt's great. Trish had a great send-off. KO looked pretty good. Goldberg was fine. Ricochet and AJ are pretty good. But that's about it. The rest of it was pretty disappointing. And, you know, I, I love WWE. This past week of going to the media day on Friday, hanging out with Kalisto on Friday night at the CN Tower... Uh, the NXT show on Saturday, the SummerSlam show tonight. Overall, this is a great weekend, and it'll continue with Monday Night Raw and Tuesday Night SmackDown. I'll be back for that. But I really hope over the next two days, Sasha comes back. Maybe Ronda has a role. We move past Shane McMahon. Uh, we, we leave Trish retired. And we really we forget about Goldberg until we need a little spot from him. And the way he worked with Ziggler was fine, where he came in about a week before or two weeks before, and the build was pretty tight. But this needs to be a company about the future. I saw the final of the NXT breakout tournament last night that'll air on Wednesday. There's so much talent on this roster, and it breaks my heart to have Shane McMahon take up too much time. It breaks my heart to see Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton have a never-ending match that ends in a DQ that means we're going to have to see this all over again. It's... We've seen Brock do a German suplex a thousand times. We don't need much more of that. We can cut this stuff down. And they have the roster. That's the most frustrating part. Braun Strowman, not part of this card. Samoa Joe, not part of this card. Bobby Lashley, not part of this card. Hawkins and Ryder, not part of this card. Roman Reigns, not part of this card. Daniel Bryan, not part of this card. I could go all night. Sami Zayn. But I'm over 10 minutes. The point is, you have the roster. Use it. Please, WWE, use it. I'm losing my voice. You can follow me at BilalV87 on Twitter. I'll be back tomorrow for Raw, here on Tuesday for SmackDown. I've got interviews with everybody from R-Truth to Kofi Kingston uh, and about 10 more superstars. I'll be releasing those soon. I love you guys. Thank you for all the support. 8,000 listens since I've started this podcast. It's amazing. I wish I bought a better microphone. Peace out. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Never Sleeps Network.